Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Carol Springer from the Where Now podcast. Carol runs a global remote working team and we're going to discuss today about how to set that up and some pros and cons and tips to get that started. We're also going to do a super fun bit on the pros and cons of living in California versus Colorado. Carol's been there extensively in both states. She's also lived in Oahu in Hawaii, so I want to touch on that as I visited there nine years ago. So Carol, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, James. Thank you so much for having me. So great to hang out with you. Yeah, it's been a year, right? You said before yes, recording yes. that I came into your podcast. That seems a lifetime yeah. ago. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, oh, yeah, you were on ours. I'm like, oh, I should go on yours. And that would be like a month later and it's a year later. Yeah. But hey, both busy. What happens? Where are you currently based? I am in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. You have lived in Colorado for how long? 17 years. So we're going to get some nice information about that state. And in California, it was 14 years, right? 14 years in California. Yep. So we're going to discuss both of those later on. Uh, but mm-hmm. first of all, just want to touch very quickly on early travels. When you're growing up in the States, was there any particular trip or maybe just a bit of wanderlust you learned maybe at university or whatever that got the travel stuff going inside of you that you want to explore the States and maybe internationally as well? Yes. My family did not travel very much. We were campers and around we did make a trip to Colorado when I was a child at like eight years old but we never really traveled much and then I went to Florida for a high school trip to Orlando Disney World so I don't really call that traveling no <laughs> it's going to a park an amusement park right um but we did go to Epcot Center so I got a little exposure there <laughs> uh, but really my my wanderlust started after I I went on an exchange program when I was in college to the University of Hawaii for one year and that was amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best place in the world. I, I got to go. I got to come back. So I went, it was just a one-year exchange. I finished up in Minnesota and then I beelined to Hawaii as fast as I could. And working there, I met people from all over the world. And I met a lot of Australians that would like travel for one or two years at a time. I was like, what, what, what is this thing? And <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. How do you figure that out? And so that's really when it all started. I met a lot of flight attendants and I would start taking little trips around the U.S. and the West Coast from living in Hawaii. And then I went to New Zealand from Hawaii. And then I'm just like, I got to go see. My list just got longer and longer. Yeah. And those Australians that you met, I mean, what a country to start because they have such a good economy, right? And you can earn so much money there. They were the first people that I met traveling like, oh, these guys seem to be going for like six, 12 months. Like, why, why is it that easy? Yes. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> I think growing up, they have that culture. Someone was telling me when I was living there that, you know, the big thing when they grew up is they get told to go out, you know, they're very much encouraged to go to Europe or, or America or whatever, or Asia, just to do that travel year, if you like, or two. They call it a walkabout or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The walkabout. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of encouraged to do that from a very young age, which is quite interesting because I definitely wasn't. Same. And I wonder why that is different. 
Right. I, I was like the wild child in my, <laughs> my neighborhood and I didn't even go anywhere that that much or that far. And I definitely did not go without working. How I managed it, I, I did take a lot of trips when I, I was working in restaurants in Hawaii and I would save a bunch of money. Then I'd take like a month off, do a trip, come back, work a bunch. Mm-hmm. So I, I went on a probably a month long trip every like six to nine months. And that, that worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. And as you mentioned, Hawaii, that's the start there. So you lived there and obviously studied there. Did you also stay there beyond your colleges? Yes. Yes. So I, I did the one year in college. And then when I graduated from college, I moved back there for two more years. How easy is it to get started in Hawaii? Because I think people from maybe Europe probably just think it's like a holiday destination for US people, you know, on the mainland. Where, where you're going to go that's not international while well, I go to Hawaii. What was it like to settle there? Because I'm just thinking top of my mind, I could be wrong that the industry there would just be travel, right? Or the military, maybe. Yes. I mean, it was very shocking when I first went to Hawaii, seeing Waikiki. It was like a massive downtown city, all these sky rides. I'm like, yeah. that's Waikiki? I thought Waikiki was like the Brady <laughs> Bunch when they lost the idol or it's like Gilligan's Island is what I had envisioned. You know, like... There's real buildings in Hawaii. I was like shocked. Uh, but yeah, and it's, you got industry. Military is really big there. There's yeah. four different military bases, I think just on Oahu, right? And then yeah. um, there's sugar and pineapple farming and, you know, mainly tourism. That is definitely the number one industry. But they have like a huge government. My friend still lives there and she does like public relations work. She's got a real job. You know, okay. Real job. <laughs> real job. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, now people, a lot of more mainlanders that they call them there, um, live there because of remote working. The big thing is it is crazy, crazy expensive, right? Mm. But I remember people tell me, like, okay, look at Hawaii. It's so expensive. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you just figure it out. It's mm. like you just get more roommates, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it never really crossed my mind. I've never been very picky about, oh, I want my own one bedroom apartment. Like, there's no way I could afford my own one bedroom. We had four people in a two bedroom. And sometimes there was five of us. Some of us sleep on the couch on the lanai or something. And we were working at restaurants. We didn't care. Like we were gone all day long. And then we worked almost all night. So you're never at your apartment, you know, or yeah. we would all take turns traveling. I'd lived with a couple of flight attendants for a while and they're only there 25% of the time. So you just, you just figure it out. But we did interview a gal that lived on Oahu um, in one of our episodes, and she said she had a really hard time. She moved there with her family. Yeah. And the tough part was trying to get someone to rent to you. Like, no one would want to rent, like, definitely before you get there. You can't plan ahead of time. Right. Because there's, I think, so many people that flake, or a lot of people come to Hawaii, they rent, and then they bail. Yeah. And so then you're sitting there with a a place vacant. So you almost need like a sponsor, basically what she said, to kind of like say vouch for you or you got to know someone that you can live with them and then you can maybe help take over their lease. Um, And I kind of when I moved back, I had a friend that was living there already that was going to finishing up school. So I stayed with her for a while and then I just found a roommate in an existing apartment. So again, I wasn't on the lease I was just renting a room and then my friend that was a flight attendant and we got our own apartment with two other flight attendants so Mm. I don't remember it being like oh no I'm not eligible at all it's just more you just can't be that picky right got it and what's the feel like there in terms of compared to the mainland US does it feel different Oh, yes. It's yeah. it's so, it's a, the, totally the aloha spirit. Everything moves really slow. 
they people would say, "Oh, you must be for the mainland because you walk so fast." <laughs> I'm like what? Really? And um, you know, everyone just wears flip flops. They just yeah. call them slippers. Um, yeah. Is that the way the name slippers? Any must slippers? Um, and of course, there's um, you know kind of the Hawaiian lingo that you know, but you don't really. It's kind of disrespectful to like to try to talk. My gosh, I can't remember what the language is called. <laughs> um, but there was like a, a slang you know, hey, bra, you know, and like, you like plate lunch, you know, and it's kind of this interesting local language, right? But anyway, it's, it's English, obviously, yeah, you know, so you just want to be, you know, respectful. And, you know, you don't call people natives, they're locals, you know. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And there's certain surf spots, you you know, for the locals, and it's really the certain parts of the island that are very touristy. And, they love the tourists, they respect the tourists and everyone just wants to have fun and open arms. And I would say that the bulk of it, and, but there's certain areas of the island that are kind of like really for locals only just don't go there, you know? Just, oh, okay. Just get out of our face, you know, <laughs> especially some of the surf places, especially if it's like harsh surf, because you have to know what you're doing. I mean, some of it's yeah. like shore break and oh, just yeah. really strong. And so you can't go out there and, just goof around because you're going to get hurt. And so that's really more that people get mad that people are just careless and do stupid things. So got it. Okay. And Oahu is the main island where people settle down, right? That is the, I believe it's the capital, Mm. Uh, but it's, it's the biggest city. That's where Honolulu is. Yeah. And so, but there's a lot of people that live on Maui. There's a lot of in that most people probably live in Oahu. That's where the biggest, most city activities going on. And then Kauai, they call that the flower island, I believe. That's like the third. No, that's probably the fourth most popular. There's some like famous volleyball player um, that lives there. And just some famous people end up moving to Kauai and Maui. There's just just such amazing (laughs) islands. And then the, the big island, they call it. It's really the island of Hawaii, which is confusing if you don't live there. To say the island of Hawaii, well, aren't they yeah. all Hawaiian islands? But it's they don't come on. I really call it the Big Island anymore. It's the island of Hawaii, but yeah. that's the one with the two volcanoes on it, and it's it's the largest island. And that's if I would move back, I would well, it'd either be Maui because my husband really wants to go to Maui. Mm. Um, but the Big Island, you can get better, much better value. I was just looking. Six hundred thousand dollars. I can get a single family home, and coming from Colorado, <laughs> that's cheap. Like, okay. like for a single family home, like that's less expensive than here. I mean, you don't have houses that small here, but you do, you're. I saw this gorgeous house with like like a tree house. It had an outdoor shower, high ceilings, brand new kitchen, like indoor outdoor living space. Everything was spanking. It was only one bedroom. So that's a downfall. But yeah. it was not too far from the beach. Wow. Okay. I'll just retire now. Because <laughs> the big island I found was a bit more rustic. Yes. Because Ma- Maui's got the classic like honeymoon beaches. Oahu's got some great beaches. The other side, I went yes. to Lanakai Beach in Oahu. That was amazing. Like the opposite mm-hmm. of Waikiki. Yes. And I was like, okay. So they- those two islands are-, are fairly doable for like that idyllic island life. But the big island, like you said, has got Mauna Kea on it. The big uh, mountains, got observatories at the top, and you got mm-hmm. black sand, black sand beaches as well. And I thought, oh, this is a bit more rustic. So I, I kind of felt like more local there. Yeah, and you have all the climate, so you don't have to be hot. You can you can be by the water, yeah. and be hot and surf and do all the water sports, or you can go up to the country. I mean, it even snows in the winter there. Oh wow! You can, just, huh. you can live upland and just be on a ranch or a Kona coffee farm. 
and be super rustic. Wow. And there is one part where the, the lava still flows and some neighborhoods just got wiped out a few years ago. It's like, so yes. some land is really cheap. Right now. <laughs> 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 you can get a $20,000, yeah. you buy a lot. Next to lava, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you just put pull your car on there or something to just live out of your van, get it made. When I went there, the, the postcards would order Google would be the lava flowing into the sea. But when I was there, it was dried out. But I oh, guess was it? It, okay. if it's still flowing, I guess it goes in like cycles, right? It's still like now it might be flowing into the sea. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I went there when I was going to school on a trip to, to the Volcano National Park. And we got really closer to the volcano and we got to see like the lava. It was I, I can't imagine that we were that close, but we were. Because I remember just kind of looking over and like there's like could someone <laughs> have fallen in. That's scary. And I remember wow. the bottom of our shoes burned because it oh. was so hot. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, but it's supervised, so maybe I'm just not remembering it. It probably was safer than that. Yeah, yeah. But I remember at night we would see the, the lava go into the water. Because yes, the, yeah. You, in the daytime, it was just all looked like a bunch of steam. You couldn't really see anything. Amazing thing to see, I'd imagine. Uh, quite unique as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to finish on Hawaii, so Oahu, I've got. Uh, I tell you what, I did, and you can maybe add to it. I done Diamond Head. That's a classic trail up to a viewpoint uh, that people seem to do. I went to Lanakai Beach, obviously Waikiki Beach, and that was, and I went to see Pearl Harbor as well. So that's pretty much yeah, what so I've done. Yeah, so say Pearl Harbor in Oahu. Anything else to add for that? Yeah, well, the snorkeling is just amazing, and there's you can snorkel in so many different places, and um, and there's one place that's really really popular. I already forgot the name. That's on the east side of the, and it's like in a cove and. But it's overly populated, and I think so I probably wouldn't recommend it. Go to like a North Shore to go snorkeling. There's just so many different snorkeling locations there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, Diamond Head also that has gotten really popular. That's why I actually lived on the base of Diamond Head. Oh, okay, perfect yep. place to live. And so uh, my jog would be around the outside of Diamond Head, yeah. and. That is like a little secret because you can walk all the way around Diamond Head, and at one point. I mean, you're not as high up as Diamond Head, but you're on the road, like right below the point. Mm-hmm. And the view is out of this world. You can see there's windsurfers all down there. And the absolute most magical time is if you can full moon night, yeah. the full moon rises and the sun is setting at the same time. Wow. And it's twilight and there's um, windsurfers. I think, that, I think that sport has changed quite a bit now. There's all those like wind sailors that people do. Um, I can't believe this. And then um, there's another beach just up the road a little bit near the shopping center called Alamoana Beach Park. And that is slightly more local, but still a lot of tourists go there. And it's it's like a religious experience every night at sunset. I just absolutely love it. The Manoa Falls, that's yeah. where the college is. It's, mm-hmm. There's a nice hike up there. It gets pretty crowded though, I hear. it's Everything's gotten so much busier because my friend still lives there, as I said. So. Yeah, as I, I could ask about, is it ever not busy there? Because if Americans love going there and then you've got to add on the international tourists, it must be crazy busy all the time. Yeah. I don't know how you can stop it or at least control it. Yeah, well, we, the rainy season is like January and February. Okay. And so it's not going to be as popular then. And it's still usually warm. But I remember yeah. once when I was working and... It had rained for two weeks straight. We maybe got like two hours of no rain. I'm like, these poor people, like this is their life dream to come to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And it rains like every day. So if it's a once in a lifetime experience, 
don't go during the rainy season. I highly recommend not to do okay. that. Um, and do they really have a shoulder season? I don't know. Mm. Like we, we went there just not too long ago for spring break and it wasn't that crowded yet. And there's whale watching in Maui, which was amazing. And that's like January, February, March. So, okay. you know, if you want to take a chance, go in February so you get to see the whales and we still yeah. saw a lot of whales in March. That was really amazing. But that's okay. only really in Maui. It's not everywhere. Yeah. I found Maui actually more expensive out of all three when I went as a tourist. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure as a local if that's the case, but <laughs> the hostel's on top of the hill because Maui is, is flat in the middle, right? You, you fly yeah. in. It's amazing to fly in. It's like f you fly in between the two sort of mounds or mountains either yeah. side. But yeah, the hostels are normally at the top of those, <laughs> those oh, mountains. Oh, they are. Uh, okay. Yeah, because they're obviously cheap uh, land up there. But Yeah. And what's kind of neat, though, because of Google and Maps, now it tells you how busy everything is. So yeah. just try to go to this certain, you know, events or tours or, you know, um, tourist attraction at the non-busy times. Yeah, Google wasn't that good when I went, so uh, it's got much okay. better. A little treasure in Maui. There's this, yeah. There's a naked beach. <laughs> okay. And they have this sign, clothing must be worn. So, of course, you know it's a naked beach because, like, why else would they put that sign there? Um, but it's like McKenna Beach. So McKenna Beach is this really big beach, but then you walk to, it's called Little Beach. Okay. Um, boogie boarding was amazing. It was like how it was positioned there is always a perfect mellow wave because I'm just like a mediocre boogie boarder. <laughs> yeah. I don't like big waves, but they were like strong enough, but not scary. And you were never that far offshore. You didn't have to right. paddle that. It was pure heaven if you like boogie boarding. Okay. That's a good tip. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Let's go on to California versus Colorado because you lived in both. Let's kick off with Colorado because I think a lot of my European listeners are like, not sure where that is. So right. Yeah, it's so funny because the United States, we have four time zones. We've got Pacific, which yeah. is California and Washington, mountain time zone, which no one knows about. And central is like Minnesota, Chicago, Denver, I mean, yeah. Dallas, uh, that's central. And then everything east of that is like pretty much the East Coast. But we have like Denver is like the only thing in mountain time zone. <laughs> I mean, we have some states, but they're like Denver's the only like major city in mountain time zone. It's so bizarre. Um, so we are on in the Colorado Rockies or in the the Rocky Mountains, which also goes straight up to Canada in Banff, which we just yep. did a podcast on. Mm -hmm. um, so the Rockies are amazing, and then so we're east of Yellowstone, um, but we have world class skiing in Colorado. Vale, Steamboat, Beaver Creek. I mean, we, we have so much skiing and it, it's like sick skiing, like amazing. It's only two hours away. It's in beautiful powder and we get kind of spoiled. Like I'm not going to go unless it's a powder day, of course. You know? <laughs> so nice. Um, it is, it's still expensive. Like, but you basically for locals here, you want to buy a pass. And we even know some people that come here just for vacation and they buy the, the pass because okay. it's still because the pass if you buy it early it's like four to five hundred dollars mm -hmm. but if you come one day is like 175 so <laughs> it's insane right and you mean you do like just the half day it's still like 120 but like what like i just can't justify going skiing unless i have a, a full pass um and the, and then there's never like you think there'd be like some people would be giving away tickets, but mm. there's not really a lot of like free tickets. There's a, a few of the smaller mountains that have deals like for teachers and stuff like called Loveland. Um, 
Okay. But most of them got all gobbled up by these big organizations. So that is one downfall. Downfall. It, the skiing is expensive. And what I really love about Colorado, it's it's just not that populated and it's not that popular, right? Not everyone thinks, oh, I got to go to Colorado, right? Yeah. But we get over 300 days of sunshine a year. So it's huh. kind of like California. It's It has the same, I call wow. it the California sky, but you can see more. Like we just drove to the airport the other day and our whole drive to the airport, you pretty much can see 20 miles, 40 miles in either direction. There's wow. just not, it's just not that built up. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we were in California recently and like California, you, you can't see that much land at all mm-hmm. unless you go up really, really high. Yeah. So there's a lot to do. So no matter what your budget is, there's plenty, plenty to do. So, I mean, downtown Denver is, is really fun. A lot of really good food and we have every sports team. So if you're into sports, it's a great place to live. NBA. Um, NBA. Yes. Great time. Uh, isn't it? Tonight. It's tonight like, is a uh, night. <laughs> oh, I think it's happening right now. It's being recorded. Um, oh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, time zone. Yeah, so it's we'll, happening We'll be now. watching yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we won already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're champions, yeah. <laughs> I for, hope people, so. for people listening, that is the basketball NBA, the Denver Nuggets are in the finals. And they're 3-1 up as we speak, but could be 4-1 up. And yes. Done, but we don't know yet. Yes, yes. Uh, um, Joe Kitch is our amazing player. that everyone, But they're a really great team. He he got fouled out, and they still like were just kicking butt. It was amazing the other day. But I'm a so-so sport fan just more because my family members are (laughs) but I used to play basketball in high school so I I get it I understand the sport but Colorado so we have the sports team and get a lot of concerts here yeah and we have the amazing Red Rocks Amphitheater I don't know if you've heard of it it's famous yes pretty much most people in America know it Bill Bird I think I watched Bill Bird do a concert (gasps) there oh yeah it's on tv not not in okay yeah and it's literally (laughs) red rocks yeah yeah it's a natural amphitheater and when you're at the amphitheater i mean it's cool how it it all works but then the views you're like oh my gosh these are my views this is insane so i mean it does rain sometimes sometimes you get storms but Mm. that's the only downfall and another thing it's so funny because like instagram i'm big on instagram you are as well um you know, they're always like, this is what you see on Instagram, but this is real life. There's the bugs and the humidity yeah. and all this. But Colorado, I swear, like, because of Instagram, I now appreciate Colorado more. And after, like, talking to people from around the world, mm-hmm. we hardly have any bugs. We don't have any humidity, which sometimes is a bummer. It gets too dry. But yeah. nothing is ever stinky and wet. Everything dries really fast. Um, we get all this sunshine. You know, our disasters are a lot of snow but that's kind of fun because you get to shovel the snow it's not really we did have a flood here in 2013 but that's like the 100 year flood in in uh boulder we don't get tornadoes don't get hurricanes obviously (laughs) um don't really get earthquakes i'm sure there's some there's always an earthquake somewhere not everywhere um but for the most part it's pretty awesome we do the the guns are kind of a problem here i would say that's you know that's more of a society thing not a nature thing so that's more of a political thing i think we need to get a little tougher on gun control is your state a red state just turned since i moved oh okay (laughs) i influenced it it was a red state and then all of a sudden all the californians started moving here oh now it's blue and then it was purple (laughs) now i think it's pretty much blue oh that's interesting denver is blue and the rest is like red Oh, there's that's... a lot a lot of u.s states are like that it's yeah it's quite popular one big that. city i did interview someone who lives in fort collins north of the state right yeah yeah just that's about an hour north of me yeah north yeah. of denver 
and he loves it. He he lives in California as well, and he moved to Colorado, so he waxed lyrical about it. He loves it. Yeah, and that's where we came here for the schools. Boulder has a really good school district, but once they graduate, we're like, I don't know if I need to stay in Boulder. I mean, Boulder is amazing, like such a great city, and like I mm. go to these, like my Instagram hiking is everything is usually like 10 minutes from my house. I'm like, I don't drive an hour to go hiking. I just go in my neighborhood. Fort Collins is close to the mountains too. And there's a bunch of smaller towns, Loveland. And then you don't want to go to Greeley. Greeley is like where all the farms are. It's very stinky. (laughs) (laughs) You know, then you can go farther south um, where the Red Rocks Amphitheater is. There's a little town called Morrison. So cute. And that was going to be one of my recommendations. Like everyone goes to Estes Park in Rocky Mountain National Park. Yeah. Yeah. If you really want to hike and you want it structured and you want to know how many miles everything is in camp, Rocky Mountain's great. I mean, it's 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 beautiful, but it's very, very crowded. And Estes Park is very crowded. And I think you need reservations right now. Um, but like just you can hike at the Red Rocks Amphitheater. So oh, wow. I didn't realize it was there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a whole beautiful park and totally free, easy parking. And there's a little cute town Morrison where you can like get your ice cream and you know, little mini donuts, whatever you want, and little <laughs> shops. You know, that's what people love to do. So there's enough to do. I guess the only other downfall of Colorado, same as California, though, there's really no lakes. We have reservoirs. That's so. my question. Water. Are you near any water? Not really. I mean, there is like three reservoirs near me, but, you know, only one can yeah. you actually like play in. And then, you know, the next town over, there's another reservoir, which we mm. go paddle boarding. They have like moonlight paddle boarding, which is amazing. Um, but I grew up in Minnesota, you know, there's a lake. Yeah. literally every turn <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and everyone goes to the lake cabin on the weekends but we don't have that here so the pros are amazing weather as well you mentioned that they've got amazing national parks uh 300 days of sunshine uh you've got international airports so people come in and out people yeah it's just like one of the it's biggest great. international airports yeah we got i think direct flights to london i yeah. heard some other you know like even maybe africa or something i don't know but yeah okay and some cons would be winter is pretty mild, it says. Yeah, it's pretty mild. It's like in the 40s, uh, degree okay. Fahrenheit. I like that. Um, yeah. So like where I grew up in Minnesota, the average is like 15 to 20. That's cold. Like this yeah. is, And we get like 50, sometimes 60 degree days. So it snows a lot, but it melts. So if you like, that'd be the only reason I leave because I'm not a fan of winter. I'm just like, eh, I just want summer 24-7. Um, okay. <laughs> that would probably be a while late. But it's not crowded. It's like yes that's we went to question. denver yesterday and i'm like what is the nuggets game on today because there was literally there was like one car i swear every mile on the freeway to denver from boulder and then coming home it was so empty i'm like where is everyone but i think it's summer's hitting all the local people flee and the tourists haven't come here yet so i just think it's kind of like the shoulder season here is summer quite hot then it's hot but it's it's wonderful hot it's oh, like okay yeah. 85 90 and not humid ah oh, dream so it's very and the nights cool off because we're up at a higher elevation so it'll get down like it's warm in the evening and then like after you go to bed then it like will drop below 60 and then we have these things called swamp coolers it's really unusual it actually is fan with water blowing through it that cools your house off mm. so it's very in, it's very efficient 
because it's not an air conditioner, but you can't use this in a lot of climates because it blows water and you don't want your house to be more humid if you're living in a Florida, right? (laughs) So, but it's so dry here. So it's kind of nice. It brings the humidity into the house and cools the house pretty naturally. So it's pretty, I've never seen anywhere else. California, I've never seen that. Okay. And as a state, Colorado, we're not like doing pros and cons. I've got a few questions. Is it like one of maybe the most affordable states to live in in the US? No, I would okay. say not. Okay. No, that's the only other. That's the other downfall. It is kind of expensive. But if you if you move like more like towards the airport and then like farther north, it's going to be pretty affordable. But okay. I would say like one of my workers uh, lives in Mississippi, and that is very affordable. And that is a really interesting, she tells me all these places she goes, like Mm. two hours away, she just went to this beautiful beach called Rosemary Beach. It's like us going up to the mountain. She goes to this Florida beach, not too far from her house. And it's not crazy expensive because it's Mississippi, right? No one knows of it. And it's very affordable and very beautiful. No, it's not like Kansas or Nebraska or Iowa. Okay. And the population is quite low? Um, It's around 6 million, I believe. So. Compared to California, I believe it's like 29 million. So yeah. quite a difference. And uh, so, yeah, we go to Costco. Yeah, maybe there's three people in line. I used to live in San Francisco and you had to get to, do you know what Costco is? Yeah. It's our big, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got on Canada, yeah. 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 Um, we used to have to, we got to get there right at 10. <laughs> so if there's only 10 people in front of you in line and we'd move as fast as we could. You know, and it was always like you have to really be conscious of when you would go to stores and there wouldn't be parking. And here, like there's always parking, never like nothing. Nothing's just ever crowded. It's just it's just easy. So if you went for like brunch or dinner, Vancouver is is a classic for this. There's always queues. You need to get the right time. I think California would probably be the same. But is uh, Colorado or Denver, should we say, is it a bit more relaxed and you'd go at peak brunch time and not have to queue? Would that be fair? Yeah, you, I would say most places that, that yeah. I go, 15 minutes maybe. Oh, right. Okay. So it's very not, easy. Not, yeah. Or you usually just go, oh, that's busy. Let's just go here. You know. Yeah. To finish on the food and drink scene, I think US as a country is great for food, isn't it? But I guess each state has their own little thing. Is Colorado known for any particular dishes or or drinks? Well, we have a lot of actually like Mexican influence. So it's tacos everywhere. Taco, taco, tacos. And I don't know if that's a trend everywhere. Um, But yeah, we've got really more California, like fresh ingredients. But I would say we don't have quite fresh ingredients as California, but that's where the influence comes from. Mm. And we do get a variety of food. You know, there's some Indian food. I don't think there's great selection. Um, some a couple of really good Thai rice restaurants, but I don't think we have a real good Asian influence. I'd say it's definitely more the Mexican. Oh, and I have to just mention, yeah, Casa Bonita. So, have you heard of this show called South Park? Yeah, used to watch that so, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and that's still going on. It's been going on like for thirty years. Hardly. You know, the animated yeah. um, show. Well, they had an episode about this really kind of kitschy tourist trap restaurant called Casa Bonita. And that's where I went with my family when I was eight years old. And there's skydiver or not skydivers, uh, divers jumping in in, or diving into a pool in the middle of this restaurant. And there's (laughs) just the gorilla that walks around. And then there's like video games and, and it's just humongous. And it was just this classic goofy place. And then it really the food was horrible. It's known for bad food, but it's just somewhere you just had to go once, kind of a tourist yeah. trap. But so they went to it on, on South Park 
And then pandemic hit and it was really hurting and it really needed a revamp. So is it going to make it? The South Park gentleman bought it out, renovated it for like, don't quote me on this, but like 10 million plus dollars. Yeah. And I just went to the chef that is running that. He owns two other restaurants in Denver. So I wanted to check out his food. And I was, it was like the best meal I've had. For oh, ever. wow. Like <laughs> fried plantains and these greens yeah. and this chicken with this amazing spice and this sauce and empanadas. And oh, gosh, it was wow. so to die for. And that's the chef that is going to be now running the new Casa Bonita. And I think oh. that place is going to be really hard to get into, but it's, it's something so unique to Colorado and it has so much history. So that's a great tip. Okay. That's brilliant. That's great for Colorado. So California, let's talk about the pros in California. I'm sure a lot of people are going to recognize these, but yeah, fire away. Yeah. So California. So I started out in Los Angeles. So I did did the Southern California scene. I used to go to San Diego a bunch and Santa Barbara. And then I moved to up north, moved straight into San Francisco. And then I lived all around the Bay Area over 11 years up there. So California is great in so many ways. It's the weather, right? It's just yeah. always comfortable right mm -hmm. and it's never it's really never too hot I mean I think they get like a week where the winds come from the east and blow like opposite they call them offshore winds and they get really hot but it's very very minuscule and you have skiing a lot of people don't think of that um really great skiing in Lake Tahoe and then in Southern California there's Mammoth I think is the mountain you have skiing there. Um, they do have a few lakes. It's kind of like here, not a lot of lakes. Mm -hmm. They have this thing called the Delta, which is a waterway. We used to go water skiing all the time. And, you know, beaches, endless beaches. Southern California, definitely amazing, amazing, beautiful beaches that just go on forever. So the beaches never feel crowded because they're just so big and so wide and they just go forever. Um, and lots of surfing. So I love like getting in the water. Definitely need a wetsuit. That's what's a bummer about California. Hawaii, you don't need wetsuits. It's Hawaii. The water is so warm. Yeah. So California seemed really cold after living in Hawaii. Oh, okay. I just like, <laughs> and then I had, um, when I first moved to San Francisco, I'm like, I can't live here. It's too cold. Because so San Francisco was in this fog belt. Yes. And there's like a, yeah. a, a quote that the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, like Mark <laughs> Twain or something. Right. Because uh, the fog rolls in like every day. So the morning is actually kind of nice and then it gets cold. So you always bring a sweater versus like it's cold in the morning and you take your sweater off in the afternoon, mm. like most places. So California, yeah. That, of course, because it's so populated, there's more diversity. Yeah, that's something about Colorado. Not a lot of cultural diversity. We can okay. see a little bit more of that for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, California, much more diverse culturally. A lot of jobs, a lot of industry, high tech, um, yeah. obviously Hollywood, entertainment. Yeah, and I, I really appreciated when I lived there. Like I would go to the beach to watch the sunset, you know, and I would look at Golden Gate Park and I would walk or bike. We would bike across Golden Gate um, mm -hmm. or the Golden Gate Bridge to go to the other side to Sausalito. And there's tons of amazing mountain biking. Do you like mountain biking? I wasn't big into hiking out there. Um, what did I mainly do? Probably mountain bike the most. Go to the beach and run. I used to run quite a bit. Yeah. And do triathlons and things like that. And what is the like the cheapest part to live in in terms of California, would you say? If there is such a thing. 
away from the beach. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. yeah, the farther inland you go, well, that's where it gets hotter. Yeah. That's, and that's where all, like the farming's done. So it's gets really, they call it the valley. So even in Southern California, there's the valley and it's definitely the farther in the valley you go, the cheaper it's going to be, but it's still nice. It's warm. And, and by the ocean, it, it gets pretty cool at night. And so yep. if you like warm weather, you actually would prefer to live inland and you just okay. go to the beach every so often. Cause then it's mm-hmm. just warm all the time inland. Yeah. Um, except this year it was an anomaly. I think they actually had winter in Los Angeles, but yeah, the whole Bay area. And I always remember thinking, why do people Say Bay Area. Why don't they just say they're from San Francisco? Because San yeah. Francisco is tiny, tiny. It's on a peninsula, which is on this bay. And then there's tons of other towns with much greater population in that area. So you don't ever want to just say you live in San Francisco. So that's why right. they say the Bay Area. So there's certain air towns in the Bay Area that are a little cheaper. I think Fremont is not as expensive and, you know, mm-hmm. still Silicon Valley. Um, or you go farther up north and, you know, the more out of the way you are, but there's some beautiful, like, if you don't have to commute, like go up to Santa Rosa in Marin County, like that's quite a bit away. It's probably almost two hours to San Francisco mm-hmm. and it's still gorgeous. And then you can drive to the ocean, you know, through these mountain ranges. I think there's gotta be places up there that are pretty affordable. So that's like towards Oregon state. Yeah, going up mm. or, or us towards Sacramento. So you go like northeast oh, okay. of San northeast. Francisco. Yeah. Sacramento yeah. is the capital mm. and the suburbs of Sacramento, which is just, you know, it's just suburbia. Yeah. Kind of kind of boring, not as much going on. That's more affordable for sure. And we actually have a friend that so even north of Sacramento, like you're gonna go to Lake Tahoe, that's where everyone goes to ski. Mm. There's a little town called Nevada City, and he bought for the price of his probably 2000 square foot house in San Francisco, he bought like 10 acres of land with like three or four buildings on huh. it, the little blueberry farm, wow. you know, so you can definitely get, and he's trying to get us to start a commune out there with him. <laughs> <laughs> we all have this plans. It's like, as we get older, like, Hmm, why don't we just live and we have like a nurse that comes on, you know, in case anyone gets sick and then we can kind of like watch each other's property and share each other's pets, but we have our own private place and we all can take turns traveling the world. You know, so. <laughs> okay. And the cons of California. So I'd imagine the cost uh, and it's crowded. Crowded. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause we just went there for spring break to visit more colleges for my daughter. Everywhere we went, we had to pay for parking. 20, 20, $30, you know, whether it's two hours and then the gas is like double what the gas is here. So it's five, oh, really? $6 a gallon. Oh, wow. Huh. And everywhere you go to eat, I remember growing up in Minnesota, when you went to dinner, there was always a salad included and then a main meal. In California, you get a main meal. Oh, you know, you want a salad? Oh, it's another $7 just for the salad. I'm like, okay. It's like, <laughs> just, but going out to eat for two or three people, $100 easy. We don't even drink alcohol with that. That's just like, just the food, you know, it's like wow. so expensive. I would highly recommend cooking <laughs> or yeah. quick serve like Chipotle yeah. and Subway or something to make yeah. it affordable while you're traveling. Um, but yeah, going out to eat is so expensive, you know? And then of course, the more inland you are, um, but yeah, the roads are so crowded and I think mm. there's tolls now. People are on the roads 24-7. And I asked, I just talked to someone the other day that moved to San Francisco. He lived in, used to live in Alameda, which is this little island yeah. in the bay. Um, 
I don't know what it was used for. It's like a port island. And he said he just moved to San Francisco. I'm like, oh, with, you know, San Francisco's not doing so well okay. <laughs> society-wise right now with the crime. Crime, right? Said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the crime is getting really bad. I said, you know, has prices gone down? He's like, oh, no, not at <laughs> all. I'm like, really? So, like, I don't understand. I guess people just want to, because there's not as many jobs there either. So it's not like you have to work there. But it is such a beautiful city. Like you could just entertain yourself by walking around the buildings yeah. and the views and the piers and the ballpark. And it's just, and they have this beautiful um, Golden Gate Park, which is kind of like, you know, Central Park in New York. I'm sure in New York, it would just slap me for saying that, but it's a <laughs> you know, kind of idea. It's just very big, right? And it's yeah. got a couple of museums in it. And a botanical gardens and then streets where people rollerblade. And it's just very fun. And it's you, you're in nature right in the middle of the mm. city. And there's a little lake there that people have their little electric, you know, boats, these little sailboats, remote control sailboats and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's very fun. And, and it's very kind of hippy dippy. And that's the other thing, like it's very progressive and, you know, very woke and something that I was surprised. Oh, yeah, we were somewhere. They're like no styrofoam. We were actually at a food truck and they had styrofoam. I'm like, this is kind of weird. They're like, yeah, the styrofoam is actually outlawed, outlawed in Colorado. They said, oh. if you had it, you can finish it up. But I have a hard time believing this food truck has had it for like two years. <laughs> yeah. They're getting it on the black market. Yeah. But they like, I don't think like you can't have straws in California, if I remember definitely oh, wow. in some of the towns. So they're yeah. like doing stuff to help. And they have this, this ambition to be totally electric car or to have electric cars by like 2030 or something. And I, I don't know mm. how they're going to handle that because their electric grid has gone down a few times <laughs> just in the middle of summer with the air conditioning and like, well, how are you going to charge up all yeah, those yeah. electric cars? Yeah. And you need electricity for that. So we'll see what happens in Colorado. I don't think electric cars are going to be, you know, as popular because mm. they're, they're really hard to drive in the mountains. Um, they burn through, yeah. electricity really fast fast it, yeah it, i don't know the science of it but um it's it's a little bit more challenging let's just put it that way okay so you live in colorado now so uh -huh. if it's compared to as a summary oh yes, it's so hard yeah because i think when i'm in san diego i was just there i'm like oh man i want to live because of flowers yeah and the beauty and the smell of the salt i think i would move back to california oh you would <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like the cost of living, but I could live in a smaller house and, you know, I, I've always lived in cities. Could I deal with the crowds? Yeah, you. Re it really depends. Like it, the main reason is because I love summer, but if it didn't okay. love summer, Colorado, I mean, I get away with like a three season jacket almost mm. all year round. The, mm. the little jacket I wear in the winter, in the summer to kind of keep me warm on a cool day, I wear that. That's my winter jacket too. Like, you know, unless you're going up to the mountain skiing, then you got to bundle up, but. And maybe can I chuck in Hawaii? Would that change your mind or not? Yeah. Yeah. If if we didn't have to worry about like visiting in the future, many, many yeah. years from now, grandchildren, right? Um, <laughs> that's what I've like, I won't want to live too far away from my, my grown yeah. children. That would yeah. be the only reason I won't live in Hawaii. But if both my children end up in California, Hawaii is a very, very strong bet because it's only a five hour flight to yes, California. Yes, it's down the road. But if yeah. like, but if my family ends up moving to the East Coast, you can't live in Hawaii and see them on a regular oh, basis. Oh, God, no. Just too far. Yeah. yeah how long would that so, take from Hawaii to New York, for example? That must take 
Oh, I don't know. That's I, a long time. That's long. Well, you have, well, from here to Hawaii is a four-hour time difference. You have that right off the bat. Yeah. And then and then it's seven hours. So it's basically 12, hour, 12 hours to get there with the time difference. Or like, or 12 hours to get back and maybe less to get there with time difference. Yeah. But yeah seven, seven hours of traveling and then probably another four to the East Coast, 11 hours of traveling. <sighs> and it all depends wow. if you have a layover too, right? Yeah. That's crazy. In the same country. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. I know. Versus yeah, Europe. You go seven countries in 11 <laughs> yeah. hours. Yeah. Even, even from here, Korea to Vancouver is only 10. So if you're doing Hawaii to New York, that's still longer in the same country than going from east asia oh, to that, Vancouver. Yeah, that's, yeah. oh wow yeah. yeah that's crazy mental oh my gosh that's great uh, i don't know much about colorado so i've learned a lot about that quite excited to, to share that and i plan to visit hopefully we'll see on our road trip uh this summer okay yes so, let's go get some dinner in denver because you you bought in new mexico right so in theory that that could work yes you, yeah to get new mexico you gotta you gotta drive through that's uh, on our list so we'll see about that okay and the last bit we're going to do for the podcast is your remote working team. And we're going to touch on your podcast. Yes. Um, so who do you work for now? And what is your global team in terms of remote working? Yeah, so I work for Gabriel Sales, which I am a half owner of yeah. <laughs> my husband. And it is a Salesforce consulting business. And we used to do outsourced sales. So we, we were like masters of business to business sales. And it is all remote. We used to have an office, mainly we used to have cold callers that would actually do sales for us. And we said, we don't want to do that business anymore. We just want to be basically consultants on sales operations, teach people. Mm-hmm. And all that can be done remotely. We hardly ever see our clients in person. And then our employees, I had one gentleman here in Boulder and then another gal I met her, she was a client and then she moved to Mississippi. And then I said, are you thinking about, would you ever want to do any contracting? She said, sure. And the timing worked. And so then I hired her and then my Boulder guy, he actually is in Thailand right now. He's been there for six months. Not <laughs> sure when he's coming home. Besides <laughs> he, he really likes it there. And so that's interesting. He keeps renewing his visa. I'm like, yeah. So we kind of, we had a big trial and error. Like it's like yeah. our time difference right now. It's yeah. pretty hard for us to get in line. So he started finally working. He works nine to three in the morning and that works really well for me. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I, I get to talk to him all morning long because it used to be like, if I can only talk to him for a half hour and then things come up during the day, I just really need someone to throw something at like a quick, but then I end up doing it myself because it, I don't want to have to wait 10 hours to get the job done. And then for him to come back and go, I don't know what you mean by that. And then, you know, yeah, and then it's another eight hours. So I'm like, I really need, we need to get on the same page here. We need to talk more. So I check in with him, like first thing when I wake up and then we you know, can go back and forth for up to five hours every day. Okay. And I guess that's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned, I imagine. That for sure. Yes. That's been the hardest because other people, I've always had people work remote, but not so far. Yes. And I've I've had a lot of training that I've done. I have a gentleman in Pakistan and one in Ukraine yeah. that does technical work. And the problem again with this big time difference is they do it and you're like, oh, you didn't do it right. What's going on? And then you try to explain it and you have to type it all. Then you have to do screenshots. You're like, can we just get on a Zoom? Let me tell you what I'm trying to under, you know, what I'm mm. trying to 
accomplish here. And so we've really mastered how to give really, really clear instructions. And someone, people are like, I think that's kind of overkill, Carol. I'm like, I want to do one shot. Yeah. <laughs> if you've yeah, ever worked yeah. in customer service, the one time, you know, resolution, like I just want to get it to them and they turn it around. And I think we've mastered that. It's been a few years, but like, this is what I need. This is block. You know, we do a lot of email template work. So yep. this is block one. This is block two. This is block three. The problem with block one is there, there's too much space on the right-hand side. Reduce that by 50%, like be that exact. And the benefit is the rate I pay people overseas is less. And so then my profit margin goes up and it's all fair. They're making a fair wage for their where they live. Mm-hmm. And then I can charge my clients not extort, you know, huge dollars because I'm getting a good margin and they're getting a great job. They really appreciate the work. And I have another gal in the Philippines. She's my virtual assistant yeah, and she's amazing. And like, I feel like we have very little cultural differences just mm. every once in a while. She doesn't quite get what I'm trying to say. Whereas um, the Asian countries like Pakistan and India, I've worked with uh, that culture for a very long time. So I, I know how to interpret and when they say yeah 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 I can do it they don't always <laughs> they don't always mean they can do it they'll just say they can do it um but that's just a cultural difference so they'll say yeah yeah I'll do it tomorrow and then tomorrow like oh you want it today like yeah <laughs> you know so t- tomorrow is just like as soon as the, I can get to it and so just having to learn that and so I have to say I need it I need it today if you can get it today otherwise I can wait tomorrow and sometimes then I give my client you know, two extra days. Mm. If my guy says they have yeah. it Friday, I tell my client I'll have it by next Wednesday. Okay. So, because sometimes I have to like fix things too. So, so some of the, like the tr- important things is um, with this, my main guy that lives in Thailand, we talk every single day on a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. And so that is really important. And we have it scheduled. So we never like, oh, can you meet today? Or oh, I have a meeting. Like it's just on the calendar. It's just what we do. Yeah. Um, and then we have a you know project management tool, which is really important. So all our notes are in there. So we're not having to like dig through old emails, but you said this, but oh, that was the <laughs> old email. So the project management date stamps, all the comments. So that's really important. So you basically learn like different cultures about how they work. Uh, also the time zone difference, more accurate with your projecting your workout. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I'm just kind of like the curator now of mm. everyone that can do different work. So this person's good at email templates. This person's good at making landing pages. This person's good at social media. This person is good at, you know, Salesforce or Pardot and the Salesforce and Pardot work. I really hold that close to the vest because you can do a lot of damage in those tools and our, you know, my clients are really counting on us to not mess anything up so <laughs> there's only a few people that actually log into those systems so. yeah and salesforce yeah. is that cloud cloud-based yes yeah mm-hmm. so salesforce is probably the largest crm and it integrates with a lot of erp systems with yeah, yeah, enterprise resource yeah. planning systems and then it can interview with your integrate with your accounting system yeah your marketing system so it, they call it like it's like the hub Mm-hmm. And so people are actually, it's almost turning into like an ERP for some companies. Yeah. And then your um, service desk could be in there too. So oh, it's okay. not just a CRM. That's what it started out as. Yeah. Um, but then also what's really important, I have a VPN, a virtual private network that everyone logs into from around the world. So 
just to help with security. And then also multi-factor authentication, which Salesforce has really basically forced us to do that. So we know who's logging in when all the mm-hmm. time, which is kind of nice. Um, but all those, even though they're kind of a pain in the butt, definitely big peace of mind that we're not going to, because that's scary, right? Like mm-hmm. you're all yeah, over yeah. The, the country, yeah. who knows who's going to hack or who's, who's at a coffee shop. So like if you're on the VPN, you know, you're safe, even at a coffee shop or a hotel. Uh, that's good advice that. Yeah. I think we, um, when we went remote with Workday, we had to go on VPNs. Yeah, that was oh, a, okay. That's a big thing. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot, a lot of people in Workday when I was working in that industry used to work within Salesforce or with, with, with that technology. A lot of crossover because mm-hmm. they're cloud-based systems. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, very popular. And there's mm-hmm. also thousands and thousands of consultants like me. So my specialty yeah. is a, a tool called Pardot, which is their marketing automation for for email marketing specifically. That's quite niche. Yeah, yeah. It's very niche. Yeah. And uh, it, it's fun. I'm becoming the expert. So it's pretty nice. I just started a new course too on uh, Udemy. It's a U-D-E-M-Y, that big online course. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, they have lots of uh, good deals on that website. Uh, if people log in, uh, lots of discounts and stuff. It's yeah, they have courses. one like they have like their business where you like for $300, you can take as many classes as you want. Mm. So I mean, you can you can learn SEO. I mean, so yeah. anyone that wants to work remote, well, between LinkedIn, I think LinkedIn has free courses. Yeah. Udemy, their courses are like 20 bucks, many of them. Or you can get this like all you can, you know, all you can learn courses. SEO, pay-per-click, be a Pinterest person, be a social media expert. You know, there's so many jobs you can learn because the, the marketing has gotten so complicated. And, you know, just running your podcast and advertising on your podcast. <laughs> oh, what, what's my Twitter strategy? What's, I don't know. If, I don't know if you even have Pinterest, you know, what's my TikTok strategy, my Pinterest strategy. Do I need to be like, it's too I'm much. Too, <laughs> yeah. I have Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Okay. That's it. You know, I don't do TikTok. Um, I don't do Pinterest. I, I kind of dabbled in Pinterest, but I just couldn't figure it out. I'm mainly Instagram, uh, Facebook, believe it or not, and LinkedIn with a bit of TikTok. Okay. Uh, that's, that's mine. Strategy-wise, no idea. Spit things at the wall and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend who's just set up my website, my new website. He's a digital marketing coding person, so... Uh, he's made a bespoke website for me. Don't know the technical side behind it, but obviously he explains right, some of it yeah. to me. Then website management, SEO, mm. videos, YouTube, right? You're on YouTube also YouTube, for yeah. the trending coffee. Yeah, coffee one. Yeah, all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So think of that just for social media. So this whole business email marketing, everyone wants to know attribution, which of my programs are working the best. And we want to analyze all that and report all that and how does the data work? And so that's what I help people try to figure all that out. It's the best practice. And linked to like the podcast, the one thing I've learned the last year is that all those things probably need someone who's a expert in, but then that requires you to employ Money. someone to do it. Money. Exactly. And that's been a big lesson this year that I've realized that I need someone to do certain aspects of the podcast, but I don't have any money to, to pay. So it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's you have to choose. Well, my very first job was um, in corporate America. There was something they always said, what is stay closest to the dollar? What activity should you be doing that's going to help you make money? Mm. And, you know, if this is straight hobby job, well, then you just need to go, okay, I can only commit so much time to this hobby. Mm. Interesting. And so 
I'm still figuring that out. Let's finish on your podcast. Okay, next yes. Podcast. Tell the listeners what it is and what's your premise. Yeah, so my podcast is with my partner, Kristen, and it's called Where Next? Travel with Kristen and Carol. And she was the friend I met in California. We were actually um, living in the same apartment complex. And I moved here and then we just kind of like reconnected. Hey, what have you been doing? And she had a podcast. I'm like, oh, let's do a podcast. Because <laughs> I really want to... I, I want the truth, right? So like you hear, you see this Instagram stuff, like everyone's moving to Costa Rica. You got to move to Costa, like Costa Rica was like, my, was my number one. I'm still very interested in Disney, but it's not my number one anymore. Oh. And like, I, I want, I really want the, the local scoop or I want someone that is from or knows about American life to tell me what Barcelona is like, to tell me what the UK is like, to right. tell me what Germany's like. Oh, because I heard Croatia is amazing. Is it amazing? Is it amazing? Because everyone thought Croatia was crap, but it's really better than crap. Or is it really amazing? Is it like Greece amazing? You know, it's like, (laughs) I haven't been to, we haven't interviewed anyone in Croatia, but like some of my heritage is like Yugoslavia, which is now Croatia and Serbia. Mm. I don't know if those towns are so bad, Um, but it all broke up and I've heard that's really amazing area. And so I'd like to explore that, but Barcelona sounds like definitely like one of my number ones. So we interview just go just twice a month because we both work full time and that's all we can really handle. And really it's usually someone that has lived there, but sometimes we we're kind of branching out a little bit. We did someone that just visited Japan and she just described it amazingly. Yeah. So someone that has either can tell us a lot of details about the country and that we like to talk about the cost of living and the the highlights, the hidden gems. And Mm -hmm. and it's usually probably slightly older, more mature crowd is um, who we interview, but it doesn't have to be necessarily. (laughs) We interviewed young James, right? Um, Young. (laughs) And then sometimes it, we interviewed a digital nomad recently and like how she became a digital nomad. And we have someone else that um, reached out to us. So now people are reaching out to us, which is kind of nice um, about retooling their van and just touring around America and working out of their van. Um, mm. But they're older, you know, so it's like kind of their retired life. So I think that might be interesting to our audience. I've learned that that's a stages of the podcast, but like yourself, people reach out to you. And that's happened to me. Do you know, unbelievably until today, which is, I've just released a podcast episode today. And this is the first day I've had no interviews in the bank, if you like, because of, I've been traveling this year. So it's been quite hard to to interview uh, remotely. So for two years, I've had just like people reaching out, wanting to interview like seven or eight interviews ready to release. Um, And that's quite good. And that people reach out to you to come onto your podcast. That means you're doing something right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, and there's some people we would like to reach out to also, mm. you know, one of the strategies is find someone with a bigger audience than us. So yeah. we have a kind of a, a list of people we might reach out to. We haven't really done that too much. Okay. And then to find us um, really Instagram um, is the best way at where next podcast or um, just Google where next travel with Christian and Carol. We're on all the different podcast channels. Just bumped up to 5% on listen notes. We were at like 10% forever. Join the five percent club. Woo. I think so. I got there, yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, um, you've been there for a while. But I think so. I think the jumps now, uh, Carol. Uh, by my research, like going to four percent is a real big jump. Oh really? So, oh, I thought it was just going to go five to one. <laughs> I don't think it does. I think we're the same, right? So ten percent, and we got to five. You're up to five now. I think 
that's a doable jump, but I think five to four is a huge jump. Oh, that's a big one, huh? Yeah, okay. I've been saying for ages. Yeah. It's good. We're in 5%. That's good achievement. Right, yeah. So we've been doing it two years. We're going to um, yeah. record our two-year anniversary episode in a couple of weeks. Um, one of our guests, Kristen Zimmerman, she's been our guest in three different episodes. She's a really yeah. good, really good speaker. So I'm going to have her interview us this time. So that'll be fun. Ah, yes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've done for mine. Yeah, had someone come on to be a guest uh, host. Yeah. That's yeah, good fun. It's very fun. Yeah, again, I'm curious where the future of yours is, what you want to do next and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the road trip would be an interesting one. <laughs> because... Oh, yes. So when do you when are you going to be in the U.S. then? Uh, probably September to October. That's a nice time to come to Colorado. Really Yeah, nice. we, we figured that July, August should be Canada because Canada has amazing summer, but it does end pretty quickly. Yes. Um, we don't want to be in Canada in September, October. It, it'll still no. be okay, maybe east, but... Uh, no guarantee so we thought we'd go there september would be like northeast you know like maine and stuff like that and work our way down oh okay as the year goes on yeah that's smart really oh yeah the whole u.s all year round they're somewhere amazing yeah. yes and then you just gotta stay away from like hurricane season but that's still like chances there'll be a hurricane it's very slim but you that's know like, texas that's... is really warm yeah most of the year texas is a big one i think i do want to explore that so uh, yeah, we've got a few states on on the map. We haven't really planned the route. It all depends on a lot of things, like how does Canada go? How can we live in our smallish camper van twenty four seven? Is it going to survive? All these things. Oh yes. <laughs> so we'll see. But the podcast will be detailing, I guess, the the week to week. Like, what's it been like? You know, has there been any problems with the car? What roads did we take? Where did we visit that wasn't planned? All this oh, okay. sort of stuff. So it's going to be quite exciting. Oh, that would be so interesting. You'll be podcasting along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a fun story. Yeah. That's really cool. I've done that with this trip this year. So we've done four bumps, about mm. 20 episodes I've done, solo episodes of places that we've been to. So South Korea here is our last one before we hit North America. Yeah, it's okay. been good. It's interesting. We can find you on Instagram. I'll put links in the show notes and I'm sure they will have contact details to get in contact with you as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to finish the episode on some quick fire travel questions. Okay. Okay. These are not written down. So these are pretty random. Okay. So my first question is Hey, yeah. Just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with T Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. How many countries internationally have you traveled to? I think it's about 13. And out of those 13, which three are your favorites? I'd say Italy, Spain, and Greece. <laughs> Warm. That's a great three. <laughs> and can you name three countries that you've not traveled to that's next on your hit list? Portugal. 
absolutely number one. I would say Croatia and Japan. Yeah, I just almost forgot about Japan. I've just been hearing so much. I never really thought about Japan. Like, yeah, maybe kind of, but it it seems like it's like the most perfect place in the world to go. Like, it's an absolute must. It's the only country of very few that I would go back to. Uh, I, I don't usually return, but that is one country I would. And, and it's to. interesting because what I've heard about Portugal and Japan, it's the people. Like, I don't think, oh, I, I feel yeah. like I haven't really been anywhere where I'm like the people it's all, like, <laughs> it's always been about the nature, the beauty or kind of the vibe, but I don't feel like there's many places where I'm like, but maybe that's, maybe it's something wrong with me. Maybe <laughs> I'm not a loving person. Like, so that'd be something to think about. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I'd love to experience that. Yeah, you have to, you won't regret it. Okay. Can you tell me a country? that you would live in for a year that you've not lived in before? I want to live in Spain. Yeah, so do I. Maybe Portugal, but I haven't been to Portugal yet, but I'm so sold on Barcelona. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And yeah, okay. definitely a year, except maybe the heat in the middle of the summer. I don't know how I deal with that. So I have to... Very hot. Just, just go up <laughs> yeah. into the mountains in Spain for for a month. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good shout. And what about a uh, side question to that? Maybe another US state. Where would you try to live next if you were, you know, not, not ones you've been before? But yeah, not where I've lived before. Kind of thinking like the Southeast, like Northern, North Carolina or South Carolina. Okay. Because yeah. it's got the ocean and it's a little bit more affordable and there's lots of water. Yeah. And it just heard it's like, could be really nice. Yeah. Okay. Very lush. Can you tell me a favorite beach of yours that you've been to? In Hawaii, probably kind of where you Kailua Beach in the northern area of Hawaii, mm. um, like the northeastern opposite Waikiki. It's just white sand. It's such fine sand and it's not that crowded. And the waves are like great for like windsurfing and just kind of fooling around in the water. And it's just one of the most amazing beaches. Awesome. Okay. And a favorite walk or hike? I'm just going to say Sanitas here in Colorado, like right in my backyard. It's, it's, it's about an hour and a half hike and it's really hard at the beginning, very steep. Mm -hmm. And then the, you can basically see Denver, which is 30 wow. miles away. And oh. It's so pretty. Yeah. That'd be one of my favorites. Okay. And what about three favorite international cuisines? So sad. Like I love Thai food. I can eat Thai food every day, but I've Number never one. eaten Thailand Thai food. You know, I've only uh. eaten American Thai food. So Got it. I don't really, I don't know if it's going to be the same, but I hear you can get like pad thai like this big for a dollar, like yeah, on dollar, the street. Yeah, a couple of dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, like that would yeah. be like I love Thai food and and Mexican food. I as I get older, I I love more and more spicy food. I think it's kind of interesting. Like mm. I could just eat jalapenos and Mexican food. I don't like Indian spicy food. That I just I don't know. Some about that spice, I can't handle it too hot but yeah. mexican i can handle pretty hot with my polish heritage <laughs> oh, totally. love my sausage right? yeah yeah that yeah. breakfast i want that breakfast that you have with the like the blood sausage yeah and, yeah and black oh pudding gosh. yeah the black pudding yeah yeah interesting okay if you could sit in any city in the world with a cup of coffee and watch the world go by where are you gonna sit it'll be france france or italy oh man that's hard let's say italy rome Right. Just because Rome, it's like their art everywhere and yeah. the fashion. We got the fashion in <laughs> France too, Rome or Paris. Coffee is probably better in Italy. Actually. Yeah, the little ones, are, they're the best ones. What about a favorite lake? Oh, a favorite lake. I'm going to go back to my home, Minute, uh, Lake Minnetonka. 
in Minnesota. Nice. And the last question for the episode is, if you had to give a few sentences as to why someone should go and travel, whether that's within the States or internationally, what would you say to that person? It's going to just open your eyes and it's going to, it's going to help you be more grateful. You know, either it's going to be more grateful that you live in a, an amazing place because you see what other cultures are like, or it's going to help you understand people and be more empathetic. And it's going to open your eyes that there's so much more out there. Yeah, just if you want to grow as a human being, you got to travel. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks, Carol, for coming on to the podcast. It's been a great episode. I've learned a lot. And Thank thanks for being such so a fun, fun and energetic and you know, lots of information to share there. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.